<laughs> Hello. So today we are talking to Hannes Rügenheimer and Christian Spanik. Hi. Hi. Hello. So thanks for uh, having us. Hannes, I have heard you are the reason why Chris got into computers. Is that true? Yeah, that's that's kind of true. Um, it all started when we were visiting school together. We were classmates, as you may know. And um, well, I uh, was um, driving by by bus um, every day. So there were some times that I had to fill with uh, just waiting and, and um, doing stuff that was interesting for me. And this actually happened in Kaufhof um, in, in Würzburg, where we both grew up, where they had a, a Texas Instruments 99, a, a 94, um, TI-994. This was my first computer, actually. So this one hour until my bus would drive home, I would regularly spend in, in this department store, in, in the office department of Kaufhof, and just play around with this lonesome computer in which nobody else was uh, seemed to be interested, actually. And um, so I started to, to play around and um, invest my uh, pocket money into the programmer's guide in, in order to learn some basic and, and to make this machine do anything actually, which kind of kind of got out of hand a little. So this one hour tended to become two or three hours and I um, started to program little games on that. And I think this was the phase when Christian came in and right. said, okay, what, what are you doing exactly in those afternoons when you're deep diving into Kaufhof? The funny thing is Hannes didn't have the computer he just had the book to program the computer sure. and go to I, I couldn't afford to program the ti-904 at that time and actually if, uh, in the first couple of weeks or, or months i think actually I, I didn't even have a tape recorder or the, the possibility to save my games so i would have a a little um booklet with all those basic codes and uh, would need something like one and a half hours to to type in the programs just in order to be able to to run them or fine-tune them for another half an hour or so, and then I would have to leave. And uh, the, the guy who ran this office department, the, the salesperson there, um, one day came to me and said, okay, I've, I've witnessed this for some time now, and here, as a gift, you have the, the adapter cable in order to hook up a, a cassette recorder and save and load your programs, because I, I can see <laughs> you typing all those codes in for for hours any longer and he was actually quite happy i think because because something happened yeah, on right. this machine and people stood uh, dropped by and and uh, looked over my shoulder and began asking questions so this was kind of interestingly i have such a cassette adapter <laughs> you still have that let okay me, let me get it well, while you're searching the adapter <laughs> which is a funny thing well i know where it is just one second that's okay so, um this here okay okay you see test such a mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but but you know uh your the beginning was not the c64 the it beginning was, was ti-994 yeah. uh which was a relatively uh expensive computer i think they, they were all expensive from from our point of view at that time yeah. but uh, i was still it was more expensive than than later the commodores and then actually yeah when when my parents got uh, the idea that, that I'm into computers, uh, sooner or later they, they um, helped me afford a, a VIC-20. This was the first one I actually owned and, and used at home. And the times were, were still that nice at, at those years that I was later um, 
able to turn in my VIC-20 and pay the extra for a C64, so basically exchange it with the premium. And this this was my uh, way how I ended up with the Commodore 64. And the real bad story for me was that anytime when Hannes came back to school uh, uh, during the first half of the day, he was always um, talking about that thing, <laughs> about what he's what he did, what he's planning to do, what, I don't know, he will do in 20 years ago with that machine, I don't know. He was, all the time, he was only talking about that computer. And after a while, I, w I was trying to find out what the hell is that for? <laughs> and because what he did was little games, things like that, but it was really, I think, very basic things, right? So sure. He and, didn't and have the idea, ah, that's... It couldn't compete for, uh, with those Ataris and, and whatever else was, was on the market at that time. Right. So Especially, Christian wasn't really impressed about no, it. I, I really wonder what he's doing. And he said, yeah, just came with, come with me and, and, and we go together there and, and then I, I show you. And, and he showed me things and, I mean... Nowadays, I know it was really impressive what he did, but that time everything I see was some cursors going up and down and left to right, and, and that's some, it. Some basic spaceships like yeah. like Space Invaders style. And he was so happy about that. I said, "Hey, what's the problem with this guy?" So <laughs> that was, I think, for the rest of our life, something like our our work. That uh, that, that yeah. Uh, that got us on track in, in, in both directions. So I, I continued working on my programming skills and Christian had a look at that and, and was more thinking about how could we sell that? How Where's the marketing aspect of that? <laughs> and actually back then you even wrote your own books like Peek and Poke from the Kogu <laughs> Publishing. Right. Right. Yeah, that, that was one of the outcomes later, later on. Yeah. He was visiting me at home and I had this peek and poke poster on my wall where I just noted down the, the most important peek and poke addresses in, in order to quickly find them. And he had a look at that and said, okay, if you need that, maybe other people need that as well. Mm -hmm. And this started, uh, did this, this led uh, to us writing an article for Run for a uh, computer magazine at that time. And a little later on, Fugel Verlag approached us and, and made us do that chip special, peek and poke. Yeah. Which was one of the most successful strip specials they ever had, and we ever had. <laughs> True. It was our first anyway, but... <laughs> but this is actually the third revised edition. Right. Because the first edition had a blue cover, according to the C64 wiki entry, at least. Right. 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 They changed the cover, and we changed some contents. Yeah. <laughs> we had to. I mean, the funny thing was we had to... I, I don't know mm -hmm. if I... If I told you that already, but but we had to when we did the print out of that thing. <laughs> this was in a in a small little, let's say, hotel, um, and we had uh, only a needle a, 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 a needle pin pin, pin writer pin, pin writer. Pin, and so this, yeah. all the time when when the thing prints something down, it went beep beep beep. <laughs> and the problem was we had uh, one hundred and I don't know fifty pages of barit papier, mm -hmm. which it's is a special kind special of special paper. paper for for optical representation. Yeah. And uh, we printed through the whole night in the hotel. We printed <laughs> out the book. You can imagine we didn't have much friends left on the other rooms in that hotel. Actually, they, beep, beep, beep. I think our the the. the fact that you were still living and still sitting here was that they weren't <laughs> aware that we were the guys who ruined their right. lives. <laughs> they, I, I think most of them did not know what the sound was because <laughs> it was not so, uh, so normal that time. It was, a, I think, a neck P6, right? Uh, no, this was later. I think it was an Epson FX80 or something. Be, a very know. basic, very, very simple 8-dot printer. Mm -hmm. uh, later on, you wrote books 
about the Amiga and uh, first book questioned it alone because you didn't really want to be involved in writing um, a book for the Amiga harness. Is that true? Um, that that was uh, okay. The first books, uh, the first book we we made together was the um, book about the C sixty four. It was a a beginner's guide for the C sixty four. Um, Peak poke that you just showed was the second one, and um, then um, yeah, then then our ways parted a little. I had to go to to the army to Bundeswehr, and Christian started working in an ad agency at that time. Right, and this you were based in Frankfurt at that time. Right, I was, I was still living in Würzburg. And being based in Frankfurt and, and having contacts to the Commodore Press Department, he was invited to join the Amiga mm -hmm. um, presentation in, in Frankfurt in 84, 85 yeah. or something. I don't know exactly. But the funny thing was then, then I moved to Dusseldorf to another ad agency mm -hmm. and I, uh, we, we were in contact with Dr. Achim Becker from Data Becker, from Data Becker who yeah. mm -hmm. always asked us to, to write books for him. And we didn't want to and mm. Hannes was still on the C64 he was because there was quite a lot to discover on the C64 and I thought the Amiga and so I started um, um, talking to Hannes about writing a book on the Amiga at Data Becker and Hannes didn't really want to make a, yeah, an Amiga being, book. Being a computer freak and, and writing all the the magazines that appeared at that time I was more in I actually thought the Atari ST would be the more mm. interesting Machine. Interestingly, we, we had a chat with the editor-in-chief, with Rainer Bartel, mm -hmm. who did the, the data world at that time. And he also said, okay, uh, we, we did, really didn't have the Amiga in our, um, on, on, on our screens, actually. Right. We, we were much more into Atari, because this was the, the serious machine. Mm -hmm. this, this was a little more resemblant to the Mac, which everybody craved, okay. but nobody could afford. And um, so the Amiga was was not really their their main focus, and Christian even, changed that. Yeah, yeah, even, even not on on Dr. Akin Becker because he was really well uh, connected to to the Tremil, uh, to the family Tremel, Jack Tremel, mm -hmm. and and his sons, and they were Atari, and so Dr. Becker was just looking for Atari. And when I started saying I want to write a book about Amiga, he asked me, uh, I think I want, I think you want to earn money, and I said no, I I earn money being a copywriter and, a, and an ad, ad agency, but um, I'm going to make something on the Amiga because I like that machine. And so I was in the first uh, first uh, book, It was I was really alone. And I put in the, in the foreword, I put it's for Hannes. So that uh, was the first book I did on the Amiga, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, Amiga was, was basically Christian's dreams come true because mm. already in our C64 times, he was already pushing or always pushing the boundaries. He, made us uh, do a little uh, demo, you would say, actually. It mm -hmm. was for the for the German book fair, for the Buchmesse. Um, and we did, I, I did a lot of, actually, we, we both did a lot of, of uh, concept work and programming in order to do a, a, a tremendous um, intro that would something like a 20th century yeah. fox or so. Yeah. And C64, the movie, we called it. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the C64 movie never stepped out of the basic introduction about the, the uh, um, 20th century fox presenting yeah. part. But um, this was what Christian really saw in computers. He said, OK, this is a creative tool. I, I right. want to use that. I want to make movies. I, I want to make um, content with that. And uh, the Amiga was obviously a huge step ahead in, in that direction. Right. So the next thing you did was actually doing um, user courses on the television. I know, for example, you and Johannes, you did um, a user course about modem. I mean, the, this was 
a big step for us because we um what we did is we did all these amiga books but the amiga market came to an end i mean mm -hmm. it was like it was and we still sold amiga books when the amiga still was not out on the market so it was a really interesting part of our life but uh, we decided um to think about PCs because we get such a lot of good reviews on our books about the way how they are written and the way you can understand it and they are they are very understandable they are very funny you have fun on learning computers and so a lot of people said hey you should do things like that on a PC uh, on an MS-DOS market and so we said okay think about that and started making a, a, a row of books which was called Einsteigen ohne auszusteigen at Markt and Technik mm -hmm. and um, and then uh, while I was doing Neues uh, the computer show um, I, th I thought about what what would happen if we try to to make a kind of of course uh like like teaching tv on how to work with word and how to work with modems and all this stuff and <laughs> in, in the style that we made those books and i thought not not taken too seriously and, and not right going by the by the scientific approach but more yeah more it should be fun com comedic one and so and so i i remember the nights i had with hannes in the hotel room printing out books or <laughs> writing on books together and uh, drinking and eating and writing and drinking and eating <laughs> and writing days and days in frankfurt and so i said hey, what what if you put the whole idea two guys together one who really knows well about it and the other one who not know so much about that. <laughs> but who's um, a great salesperson, right? right? And so I said, put it together and put it in Anwender course, and so mm -hmm. that what how the whole story started. Yeah. And and the TV station, the ZDF, actually hooked onto that right. idea and and made made it happen actually because yeah, we was... couldn't be sure that they really would buy that, but you know, they they gave us a chance to do it. And you know. yeah, but the funny thing was, you know, um, I think they they really found out about the whole story after the first show run of the first season because um the first we did i think about 12 something like that yeah, yeah 12 in, in the first season yeah. mm -hmm. and then money was out so <laughs> we stopped doing it and there was such a huge amount of of mailings i mean not mails i really mean letters from people who said why you stop this is such a great thing and typical for zdf those old people's <laughs> uh, tv station that you put out this great new format and we said hey hey guys they didn't stop us we stopped it was but the funny thing was there was so much um reaction from the audience that uh i was uh, get i got a call from um the uh, head uh, head of programming at ZTF that time, Oswald Ring, and the first time I thought it was a joke from my from my um, from my uh, editorial staff. That here's the office of Oswald Ring. Uh, I want to talk to Christian Spanning. He said, "Hey, hey, hey, good joke." But the funny thing was, that, uh, I call you back. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing, I called the number back. It was really the office of Oswald Ring. And so the the uh, he asked me, "What are you doing there?" We had such a lot of letters and, and 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 postcards from people so what are you doing and so they decided to give us a second and a third and a fourth season and so we went on with that well actually in in the i think the second season we still did together in the third season yeah Michi was, Kloss Michi Kloss came. In. yeah right because so i was i was starting as a freelancer um working for a stuttgart publishing house at that time mm -hmm. and um so i had to make up my mind a little where where to put my yeah uh, my my time and my work 
And, um, and so it was a lot of work. I mean, it, it was really a lot of work. Writing yeah. the, the, the scripts, doing mm -hmm. the whole thing on stage, and we didn't have too much time in production time. We had to do at least every day at about 10 minutes of the whole show, which doesn't sound a lot, but it is a lot. So they mm -hmm. had three days for one show, sometimes only two days for one show. So we had really to, to have a script, but we had on the other hand to, to improve, uh, yeah. improvise, improvise yeah. a lot of stuff. Sure, yeah. It was not so easy. I mean, it was not so easy for it, Hannes. It, it, I, it was fun anyway. Yeah. The, the good thing, I think, and, and this made it all work, was that we just had to play ourselves. Right. It wasn't really too difficult to, to get into this role. I mean, somehow, not, <laughs> not complete. <laughs> Maybe for Christian it was a little more complicated. Yeah, but, yeah because but I had... He, he did it well. Yeah, I had, I had always, because uh, our, our um, director loved all those sort of faces I made. And so he forced me to, yeah, now, Christian, react, mm -hmm. react. What? Yeah, Hannes saying something, react. And so I started with, or things <laughs> like that. And this really um, uh, was a, a relatively hard part because I always tried to make Hannes laughing about it. Uh, and so it was not so easy for, for, the, um, for the show. <laughs> to keep serious, yeah. But, but I think in most cases we succeeded. Right. <laughs> so you were more the fun side of the user courses compared to, you know, um, VDR Computer Club, for example. Mm -hmm. One show with Michael Kloss mm -hmm. about uh, Windows 95. You did funny stories like trying to cook something and not having any idea and blowing up the <laughs> meal. Yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, we did We did a lot of bad things to that studio. That's true. I mean, but we, we always had the idea of there must be one, one overall story about those every every part of mm -hmm. four four shows i think it yeah. was 12 so uh, dfu and btx had four shows word had four shows excel had four shows and so we we had a story around it and and then trying to put in all the things we thought which are important so hannes started talking about and thinking about what should be in the show what is important for using excel and then we started together uh, implementing that in a story we uh, yeah we just imagined and maybe some sourcing in, in the script was going back to Laura and Hardy. And yeah, right. Concept like that, because that was our idea of how fun on TV should look like. Yeah. I think in nowadays we, we would go viral. I mean, <laughs> on YouTube it would be probably. Travel. So compared to the VDR Computer Club, you were more the funny guys. Like those were more the serious ones regarding computer courses. Somebody, some people say so. Yeah, I mean, it was a totally different concept, actually. And, and we, we just talked about this the other day. We, we really didn't take too much effort in looking in, into looking what they do and just made our own thing. And it, it came quite naturally, I think. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't so much concept work. We have to defer and we have to be far away from what they are doing. We just did our thing and yeah, it kind of worked out. So Computer Club always had a different story. I mean, in that that days when we started with Anwender course, they only had his, his their classical Computer Club, and later on they also like we did on on Dreisat with Neues Anwender course, Computer Show, Neues Magazine, all the stuff, uh, Computer for Kids. Um, um, they they uh, later on they divided also in four different shows. I think it was uh, Computer Club Classic and three other formats like, <coughs> like we did. But we never thought about them um, um, to be a kind of competitor or something like that was, was no reason for it. Exactly. We, we obviously had a look at what they were doing and just out of interest, but right. what was not that we compared what we are doing to 
their concept. Yeah. So you wrote books in uh, computer courses. What did you do afterwards since? Well, as I said before, I had to make up my mind if I put my, my work and my time into the TV um, opportunity, of course, or if I stay with print journalism, which was my day job and my main, main source of income as well. And as those um, tasks were demanding as well, yeah, I had to just go for, for either for, for one of those ways. And yeah, my my decision at that time was to, to keep with the print journalism. Yeah. And Hannes, to, to be honest, um, Hannes always was the one who really knows about the stuff. So he, um, I mean, TV always means be on some some level, but not too deep. And Hannes uh, knew much more than that what he showed on the show. So I think print journalism was the better choice for Hannes because he could go deeper in things like we did it on TV. I think this was uh, maybe. I, I really can't uh, recall what were the the real reasons why it was more like a like a um, decision by heart. I, I just said, okay, I have to to go one of those ways, and made up my mind to to stick with writing and and you know, magazine journalism. Yeah. So you are like a duo, like for the um, Computer Chronicles, <laughs> where you had Stuart Chaffee and Gary Kendall, were like. A Uh, Gary was more the uber geek and uh, Chaffee was more like um, the nerd. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this principle is, is pretty common, uh, especially in the IT section. I mean, these are really great names or big names, but I think in, in, in the um, situation, it was also a little like Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. I, I was the, the guy who did the, the detail work, who was into programming, but who would never been able to, to sell this to a um, larger audience. And Christian's part was to, to have that fresh view on what we were doing and, and finding out whom we could sell that, where we could write, where we could publish our books and right. where we would have the channels to, to um, yeah, just get the word out. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a technical writer, so obviously I'm also doing online and, and also scripting videos and things like that. But yeah, I, I think the, the core business, my core business is still being a writer. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you, if you, look, if you look at the things we do at um, Digisaurio, we do at Intelligente Welt, Hannes is very often still my counterpart in, like when he's here in the studio or when he is uh, connected to, to me from Barcelona or whatever uh, to talk about technical stuff because he's still the guy who knows I'm only the guy who can put the questions. <laughs> But he learned a lot in the last uh, 30 years or <laughs> 40 years. <laughs> so I guess you are like the other guys that actually wouldn't stop in that business like from today to tomorrow you know like going into <laughs> retirement and saying okay like, guys that's it i'm not doing this anymore i think this this okay christian may answer for himself but i, I think a heartbreak would would not be my way when i'm thinking about getting older okay i i think about maybe reducing work a little but um Stopping it completely is, is not really an attractive option to me. I don't think so either, because um, you know, if you if you if you did all, I mean, we we had quite a lot of luck in our life mm -hmm. because we were able to do something which we had a lot of fun with, and making our living with it. And so, it, it turned out to be an important thing. I mean, when we started with computers, it was a totally freaky <laughs> yeah. niche 
subject. And, and right. nowadays it's in the midst of business, of economy, of society. Yeah. So this we, we really that is one thing we didn't know and we didn't anticipate it. It just happened to us, and of course it helped us grow in yeah. what we are doing. Though I think I I don't have an idea of, of, of stopping it. I mean, after a while, if you're getting older, you find out that you don't have, for example, not so much power anymore like you had years ago, things like that, and you you step down a little bit. But I'm I'm still I'm still on air with different formats now on other other channels like like before. But it's still fun. I, I mean, uh, and we're we're still crazy. I mean. <laughs> Today I, I grew, had to leave bed at 4:30 in order to be here in the, in, in the necessary time frame. So, and it was snowy outside. <laughs> so we're not really at that point that we don't have the powers no. to do what we want anymore. Not yet. <laughs> so you are working together, and you're depending on each other, and you will continue to work together as a dream team. You know. Yeah, I mean, neither of us could have could have done it by himself. Christian wouldn't have had that detailed in, uh, knowledge to to do yeah. those. I, I mean, he he wrote his own book about the the Amiga and, and about um, using the Amiga on a user level. But yeah. he, uh, when it came to Amiga Basic and and system architecture and stuff like that, uh, that was not his thing. Right. And on the other hand, I wouldn't have if I wouldn't have met Christian, I would have ended up writing my programs just for myself and, and not make a living out of it. What, yeah, technical engineer, yeah. something like that, perhaps, I don't Probably, know. Probably, yeah. 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 But, but you, you have to know, I mean, when, um, for example, it was a typical thing, Hannes, because you said we had to invent everything. Mm -hmm. uh, Hannes did a program which was called Chardev, which was a program to, to define characters the character for the C64. On the C64 yeah. And, yeah. and he did that for himself. And and uh, I, I think uh, he, he did it years ago and then I started to sell that to uh, a publisher and say, hey, people want to have their own character sets on a C64 and we have a program to do that. So this was a different time. But I think if you look at, uh, again, big names, if you look at Mark Zuckerberg mm -hmm. or at, at uh, uh, Larry Brin or something like that, were all the people who did something first because there was nothing mm -hmm. and then they filled up that space and i think any kind of innovation if it's on the media or if it's on technical sites or on programming coming out of there is something missing and somebody sees it and ha had to have an idea of changing it and i think this missing thing is the important point the only problem is we never know what's coming out in the uh, <laughs> in the end <laughs> Totally. I I love it. I mean. I'm obviously target group myself, <laughs> so uh, I, actually I'm thinking about buying this this new C64, this micro version mm -hmm. with the, the um, 50 plus games um, hard coded into it, just just as a yeah as a reminder, as a as a uh, feel good thing. I mean there there is no productivity aspect to that, so I can totally understand that. Maybe it also has to do with the age that we all have mm -hmm. reached now. Um, 
because uh, I think when we're near end of 40 or over 50, you're a little more nostalgic than you're in your yeah. 20s and 30s. And this is probably a reason why, why everybody, and, and it were good times. I mean, the, the late 80s and, and early 90s were, were just a great time for us. So we had a lot of fun and it was a great adventure. Mm. And it's nice to think back about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course it's crazy. Of course I I mean I to some extent I can understand where, where that idea comes from because you're so much used to, to those tools like being online and then being able to send a file or a program just over the air that it comes as a as a burden if you're just not able to use that. I mean, if you're hooking up a original C64, the first thing you have to do is to find out how, how to get stuff in there. Is my disk drive still around? Right. Is it still working? Is there any other option? Are there modules that I can buy on eBay or whatever? So of course I, I can understand that. I mean, on the other hand, uh, from my point of view, it probably does not make too much sense to put a C64 on the internet, there, there wouldn't be a browser actually. On the Amiga, I know there there have been developments that put that into action that wasn't around in the original times, but mm. they there are still people around who are, who are doing that now. So let's ask before our time runs out, though, what's your plan for the future? What do you <laughs> want to do next? Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> um, Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not quite sure if there's a big plan for the future. I mean, what we've been doing for 30 years now is, is reacting to what happens in the market and what's the demand out there and putting our very personal flavor onto that. And I think that has worked out quite well. So I think maybe we're lucky and it still works for a couple of years. Um, yeah. That's basically the, the way to go, I think. I think it's still the same kind of duo. Um, the only difference is now I'm I'm more detailed in, in things like how does social media work, mm -hmm. how does algorithms work, and what have we to do to come to the people with the show we did. It's a kind of marketing, but for perhaps some computers who <laughs> are doing algorithms to, to bring us uh, on Facebook on front or on YouTube on front or bring us in back. Um, and together we, uh, just today we were having a, a workshop about what do we do on Digisauria? What do we do on Intelligente Welt? Just to find out what is a way for us to uh, to handle with all those different things. But the funny thing is, we still have fun with all that. So mm -hmm. this has, has not changed at all. And the roles haven't changed either, I would say. I mean, hear him talk, he's, he's still about how can we sell, how, how <laughs> does it work on the market. And I'm relying on him and happy that there is somebody who takes care of that and I can uh, concentrate on the on the content side and this and is then that part I'm relying on him. I mean, just to imagine when we do it this evening, we do a show at the Huffington Post about security, which is a really hard stuff theme. Um, but I'm quite sure with somebody like Hannes, who knows so much, who saw so many things technical and 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 who is so deep in that awful things theme, 
we get a good show, which people understand, and where we put the right questions with the right answers. So I think it's still this kind of rely on each other. It's a kind of, uh, I don't know how you call it, Bergkameradschaft, Gipfelgemeinschaft. <laughs> I don't know. It's German words. I don't know the English ones. <laughs> Two guys who, who just enjoy working together. Right. Mm -hmm. So the biggest plan is, I think, having still fun for the next few years. Yeah, that's a good goal to, to go for. Yeah. So thanks for talking to me, Chris and Hannes. Goodbye. It was a pleasure. Thanks Thank you for Jörg. having us. Bye.